free advice. 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 Would you like free advice? Free advice. Free advice. Free advice. Free advice. Forever. Reddit user Anime Above asks, "Not safe for work." I just got a BJ from a male neighbor and I'm afraid he'll blackmail me. Mm. So I was experimenting with my sexuality, you know, and I did grinder just to give it a try. And my neighbor was there and he messaged me first. And one thing led to another and bam, I'm in his house and I finish inside his mouth. <laughs> so I left after I finished, <laughs> but I feel uneasy. Like he said, he won't tell anyone, but a guy can get nervous. Any advice, Reddit? Should I tell him that it was a one-time deal to see how it was or what? First time. What? <laughs> yeah, what? What? <laughs> what? Don't be a porn director because you left out all the good parts. <laughs> Everything good about that story is on the cutting room floor, except for bam, I'm in his house and I finish inside his mouth. The bam was pretty sexual. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm imagining Emerald wrote this in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he slipped up and used his catchphrase. <laughs> You know Emeril Lagasse. Oh, I do. Bam. <laughs> Kick it up a notch. All right. Okay, so you you got ahead from a black male and you're afraid he's going to neighbor you. Um, <laughs> what do you do? That was good. Ah, uh, oh, man, this is tough. Um, yeah, you were just experimenting with your sexuality. You know? This is, I think, a deeper sexual question of like if mm -hmm. i try something am i now beholden to this person am that i, I tried this by thing? That thing yeah is yeah. this is there a new me because of what i just did that has to do all kinds of new shit yeah and yeah i, I was joking about it but i get that that's scary a guy can get nervous you're right um i haven't been in this exact situation but been in situations myself where it's like oh that sexual thing that i just tried like am i now i have to be this way or i have to act this way around this person that is our relationship forever changed like can i trust them around other people is it mm -hmm. um and the best answer is yeah talk about it just you don't have to share all of your feelings but you can share some of like Hey, um, whatever it is, I'm having regret. It's okay to say, or I'm having, I had a good time about that, but I don't want to do it again. And I'm worried that I don't want things to be uncomfortable between us. So I just want to get this out in the open. These are some phrases you can use. Um, I've decided that it wouldn't be good for me to repeat experiences like that, or I would like to do that again sometime, but not right now. Um, or just, get back on grinder and do it again tomorrow if that's what you're trying to do <laughs> but like i think the important thing is to if it's a neighbor it's someone that you're going to be running into at times when maybe you don't want to get, just ask for a second be like hey do you have a second to talk in private okay look the thing that happened yesterday i want to just clear the air that i've been thinking about it and blank or whatever is the truth for you and you can put it in a way that isn't accusatory. Don't say like, you shouldn't have done this or you should. Just say, I'm feeling this. And it's hard for a person to argue with you saying your own feeling. Yeah, I I definitely have some kind of additional questions because to me, there's no clarity on, well, was it something that you enjoyed? 
is it the kind of experience you want to repeat? Not I think necessarily that's intentionally left out of the, the question is my guess that there's uh the reason we didn't get those details is because they're still figuring them out or they're not comfortable with disclosing them publicly yet. Right. So my, so I guess like my advice is a prompt to ask yourself uh, those yeah. questions. Good. Great. Um, I would think about what were the elements of that experience that were fun, mm-hmm. enjoyable, um, exciting, whatever. Yeah. Um, and what were the elements of that experience that were scary, intimidating, something you wouldn't want to repeat, yeah. maybe painful, weird, uncomfortable, and tease out for yourself um, in in as kind of neutral a way as possible as without as much reserving as much judgment of yourself as possible because you know this is something new for you and you're still figuring it out and experimenting you know how how does it compare to other hookups mm-hmm. you've had what were the what were the elements that you enjoyed did you enjoy uh spending time with the neighbor did you enjoy the blowjob um and you're just kind of uncomfortable in the aftermath or or is it something that you really regret and realize yeah. that actually your your pre-existing sex life doesn't need to include this anymore or was fine so yeah i think that some of the conversation you might have in the future or conversations you might have in the future about this will be informed by um some some self-exploration in the wake of this experience yes and is does not need to define you if you don't want it to. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not something you have to talk to people about. And if you do talk to people about it, it doesn't need to be the most important thing about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's all right, man. Yeah. Sounds like it was okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think that what, what you've implied is that, you know, you, you don't want this to get out, that it would somehow be kind of, dangerous to your reputation because mm-hmm. you're worried about him blackmailing you and you're feeling uneasy about him yeah. telling someone and that you you it seems implied that you've established that that he what you he said he wouldn't tell anyone so yeah. you probably did have some pieces of this conversation yes. um but i do also want to make room for you to consider that it may not be the end of the world. I mean, I don't know what your job situation yeah. is. I don't know what your family situation is. I don't know who else lives nearby that that you know, this, because some people still have a a massive amount of prejudice and will or may look at you differently because Mm -hmm. of this. Um, but I do want to encourage you that if you have a, a sexual orientation or you find that you are attracted to a wider spectrum than just, you know, who your physiology, you know, kind of, uh, puts you in there with, um, that that's okay. Mm. Um, plenty of people go through experiences where they question their sexuality, where they try things out. And then ultimately that's how they find out that they are or aren't interested in something. Honestly, the natural human way of doing things and that we have created a culture that forbids it. So many Mm -hmm. people never go through that step. But I think the, like the, if we were living in a world devoid of culture, everyone would take that step at some point in their journey of knowing themselves in relation to others. Yeah. Um, I want to uh, offer two yeah, tools of uh, for you to think about fear regarding intimacy with other people. Most people um, experience m- more often either a fear of abandonment or of engulfment. Abandonment is this person was here and I'm worried that they're going to be gone and they're going to leave me alone. And engulfment is this person, I-, I was alone and I'm worried that I won't get to be alone again. 
that I am now just a part of this other person, that they're always going to be a part of me in my life and that I have to. Yeah. Yeah. That'll overwhelm you. I think most people know the word abandon, abandonment, but not engulfment. Right. And I think that people with penises tend to be more concerned about engulfment because when in a traditional heterosexual relationship, if you get somebody pregnant, um, there's a feeling of responsibility for their body is changing and yours is not. And you may take on that responsibility, but give up a lot of your, what feels like still remaining physical freedom to support that person. And so it's more common that uh, females would fear abandonment and males would fear engulfment. But of course, both. most people fear, fear both and both people fear both. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. It's just, there's maybe a slight tip to the mm -hmm. scales that yeah. I want to point out for you yeah. as a man that um, you may fear engulfment in yeah. this situation of like, uh, if I did this thing, is my neighbor going to like be afraid of me abandoning them and then use hang this over my head, this blackmail thing to keep me around? Yeah. 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 That's so scary. so you're just pointing out that like it's natural that he would be experiencing this. I never knew that word and it was helpful to me as soon as I learned it. I was mm -hmm. able to label various fears of my past of like, oh, I was worried about losing myself in in that relationship. I was worried yeah. about being engulfed. Worried once I put the dick in, I wouldn't get it back. <laughs> yeah. It's like when the ATM eats your debit card. Yes. It's exactly like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, fuck. I have no financial resources and all the suddenly. Money in your bank account. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That ended up being more appropriate yeah. than I thought. No, you killed it. You've got a good um, intuition for jokes, girl. Was Thanks. You, was should that, be a, you should be a male comedian. I should be on a podcast. <laughs> you should, um, you I should, should be a male me. comedian. <laughs> like you took, that one took you a second. <laughs> I heard it and I just like I think I didn't want to hear it really truthfully. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's fair. Was that the those are the those are the tools setting up that that paradigm? Because yeah, I want to say just, something else and it's going to yeah, take yeah. us in a different direction. Great, great. Thanks um, for giving that space. Of course. So this is not the same um, because I didn't have any kind of sense of shame about this, which is is not a, a judgment on you. It's just sort of mm -hmm. we come from different orientations. Um, in college, I uh, had, I experimented with a relationship with a woman. Um, it was short lived and it didn't physically progress that far. Um, but I was kind of asking myself that question and, and had been for, I don't know, I think most of my life, I've, as soon as you become aware of like sexuality, I feel like you have that little voice in your head. That's like, well, am I gay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, I would question any person that doesn't question yeah. that. It's like, are you <laughs> yeah. really being critical enough of yourself and your view of the world? Right. If you haven't wondered. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I had this, this one kind of encounter, romantic encounter with someone of the same, uh, sex as me. And, you know, ultimately I decided, okay, I wasn't really missing anything from, uh, in my relationships with men. And I, <laughs> my, my friends, um, had a t-shirt made for me that says straight plus one. And I, mm. I, it, you know, it's, it's a little detail about my life that I'm kind of weirdly proud of. Cause I'm like, you know, it means I've, I've gone out there and explored what I wanted to explore and, and not held back for fear of, well, what does this mean about yeah. me now? And now do I have to like tell everyone, like, maybe I'm questioning my sexuality or maybe this, maybe that. I, I think that different people, regardless of gender, um, are attractive to us for different reasons. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this, um, well, I'm bi, well, I'm gay, well, I'm straight. I'm a human being and I have sexual urges that I express in a variety of mm -hmm. ways with a variety of different 
other human beings that catch my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it seems like you may not be at the point where you're going to like look back on this right yet as like a point of pride. But if this does become sort of a blip or a, an outlier in your sexual history, maybe there will be a point in your life where you look back on it and you think, you know what? I'm really glad I checked that box. I'm really glad I gave yeah. that a shot. Yeah. Um, because there's a future version of you um, or a hypothetical future version of you that like, you know, maybe, maybe that is where you're more comfortable. Maybe you do want to date guys. And what if you had never given that person a yeah. chance to come out of their shell, so to speak? Yes. <laughs> it's all in yeah. service of finding fulfilling connections. Yeah. And whether that's with a person with a certain type of genitals or another type of genitals, yeah, whatever, like it's yeah. the, the connection that you feel that is important thing and that it's reciprocated and that both people feel like supported yeah. by that and like they're better engaged with the rest of their lives and like themselves more. But it, that's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. And you don't hit it right on the head every time the first time you get some head. <laughs> it, it's like, you, you know, yeah. you're going to try things and that will... In educate you and teach you what you like and also what you don't like. I think that that's something that is like overlooked in today's sexual uh, mm-hmm. education is that it's important to have negative sexual experiences. And that sounds dangerously close to me, like <laughs> supporting Advocating rape. rape. <laughs> yeah, which I am not. Um, yeah. There is a big difference between a negative sexual experience and a rape. Right. Uh, one For is sure. subset sure. of the other. A but, negative consenting sexual experience. Yes. A negative consenting sexual experience or one that in retrospect you wouldn't try again mm-hmm. is how you gain confidence in what other things that you do like. Yeah. And the same thing with negative dating experiences. It's important to go out with people and try to get close to people who are trying to get close to you too and recognizing, ah, there's this thing about this that I don't like. Oh, this isn't for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've learned now that um, I actually need another vegetarian because I'm really disgusted when they eat red meat in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't know that until you're yeah. in the pits of it. And like, that's what the trial and error of dating and sex is really about. And people used to just wait until they were committed for life to try having sex with each other. And oh, Ooh. man. That's so a, thankful we're not in yeah, that Yeah, that's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come out and say it today in 2020. I'm going to be the first of our generation to come out and say it. Premarital sex is a good idea. <laughs> okay, good. Next up. Wow. Breaking some serious ground on free advice. Do you have more you 2020. No, I don't. I think that really okay. sums it up. Thank you for I being so really personal and sharing up. that with our, our audience. Um, Tremendously brave. You right now? <laughs> no, you. <laughs> I'm struggling to be sincere, but I actually do appreciate you uh, yeah. for sharing the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anime, uh, anime above. Good luck. And, um, don't be too hard on yourself and, and don't be too hard on the neighbor either. Cause he did something mm-hmm. vulnerable with you as well. Um, mm-hmm. okay. So the next, unless he wants you to be hard on him. That's what I was. Yeah. All right. Well, you can just let me have that little and moment. It doesn't take anything away from the laugh you had. You're um, right. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm a fuck. <laughs> You're so right. No, you're not a fuck. Um, Dude, just let me be a fuck. It doesn't take anything away from the little <laughs> joke you had. Um, all right. The next question <laughs> comes to us from Ayiki. A-Y-I-K-A. No, 
A Y I K I. A yiki. A yiki. A yiki, yiki, yiki. Why do people choose to stay with cheaters? Just why? Do they not see the obvious manipulation tactics that they resort to? Do people get people that get cheated on try to find ways to excuse their behavior because they're clinging on to something? I have a friend that won't let go of her boyfriend of two months mm. that recently cheated on her and is obviously only quote unquote remorseful because he got caught and had no one else to run back to because the girl he cheated with wants nothing to do with him after finding out. This is I, one of my favorite things about this question is the tonal shift between the first paragraph and the second paragraph of like, why do people do this in general? I can't believe people will do this in general. Anyway, here's the specific person I know in the yeah. situation I'm really mad about. Um, no, I mean, it's a good question. It's yeah. a good question in a general way and a good question in, in terms of what do you do with your friend in this situation? You want to do it in order, start general, or you want to start with specific and go broad? Um, what do you think? I'm kind of tempted to start with a specific. And go for broad. it. Yeah. Do you want me to? Yeah, please. I'm not ready. You're not ready. <laughs> okay. I should have listened better to the question. I'll be real. <laughs> You're like, I definitely know how I want to approach this, but I actually have no idea how I want to approach this. Can you reread the second paragraph? Yes, I me? definitely can. I have a Thanks. friend that won't let go of her boyfriend of two months that recently cheated on her and is obviously okay, only two months in. Yeah. Right. So I think the point of he, Ayiki he, is pointing never, out that you, you barely really know this built, person. <laughs> you never really built a foundation. Like, is that even cheat? Like, did they ever stop hooking up with this other person or is it? He started two months in. He started seeing this other person recently. This recently is a person after who did not want to be monogamous initially yeah. either. I think if it's only two months, like this isn't like there was some period of time when this person was like, "Yeah, it's just going to be me and this." Here's the problem. Generally, I have to go general. <laughs> a lot of people think they have to be monogamous to be in a relationship. They think that to have a, a serious or a meaningful connection with other people, you have to sign up for the whole package that society gives you. It's like if yeah. everyone had to live in a 500 foot square foot apartment, that might be a great thing in Tokyo. But when you're not in Tokyo, like just that model doesn't work for everyone trying to do all kinds of things. And for a multitude of reasons, some of them religious, some of them societal, legal, political, um, we think that there's a single relationship escalator that everybody has to ride that hits the same eight steps of like the dating phase, the getting to know each other's friends and parents, the group identity and the losing of your own identity, the, um, the marriage ceremony and the legal wedding, and then cohabitating sexual exclusivity is a big one, usually having children and, um, uh, mixing your finances or like the things that everyone thinks they have to do just to have a connection. You don't have to do any of those things. You can pick and choose from it. If you don't want to be sexually exclusive with somebody, you can tell them that. And a lot of people are going to be disappointed by it because they're still playing off of the same script, but there are other people that aren't looking for that right now either. And you can meet them if you have enough people uh, available to you in your location. Uh, do you <laughs> That's my advice for the guy who's not. Yeah, asking I was the like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that all the statements you're making are valid, but I, I'm you not sure we're addressing the main cheat. issue here. You don't have to agree to things you don't want to do. Is the big yeah. thing. A lot of people think that they have to agree to shit that they don't want to do. And I've fallen victim to this myself. It's just like, ah, uh, well, girls suck and they're demanding, and if you want to have sex with them, you kind of have to put up with their shit. That's like a real adolescent thought that. I would say most guys have. have yes. Yes. 
Um, I'm being really honest about that, that like, it's, uh, it sounds very sexist and it is, and it's a true like thing that guys also reinforce with each other. And like your dad maybe tells you and you're like, or men, older men hint at Mm -hmm. like, listen, Mm Happy wife, we're, happy life. Yeah, but really what that means is do whatever you want, but keep up this ruse that yeah. everything's going her way. You, you've got to lie to find... <laughs> that's really the, the central... I'm going to go general for a second here. It's Please. Like the thought that you have to lie to be worthy of love, that you have to pretend to be someone else and want other things to be deserving of another person loving you and having a connection with them. Man, that's a sad thought. Yeah. And it's not true. And I think that that's, it's really important to point that out in the context of, because we're also kind of speaking to this person's friend, because they're doing that too. They're trying to kind of maybe have have some kind of fundamental dishonesty with themselves or... um, About whether this person's going to cheat on them again? Well, yeah, or, or just, or kind of keeping up that, the delusion of like, this is fine, this is fine, yeah. because they're they think they have to do that in order to receive connection and attention and affection. Um, And that's so not true. But I will also say that I've been in that situation a million times where I have fallen for someone and you inadvertently over time, you lift that person up to be the only person that can absolve you of your unlovability or, um, can, can make it so that you're worthwhile or you have to make this relationship worth work to prove all the other pain was worthwhile. All the other relationships uh, you know, were, were leading up to this. You, it's yeah. Sometimes it's buying into like a narrative yeah, above crafting who's narrative. really there, mm-hmm. who's really the person showing up every mm. day. This is what my friend told me, why online dating does not work for mm. women. It's not, because they think they want compatibility, but they really want a narrative. And he may just have said as well as said that about people in general. But yeah. I think women in particular yes. have, define themselves more by their relationships and men more by their work and traditional roles. So it makes sense that you need a narrative of like, well, I dated Jim, but then we all know Jim's problems. So then I found Jerry and Jerry just is, yeah. is you know. Well, I think that- I think it's, again, important to say this is this is not necessarily men versus women. But again, like. A, a more masculine versus feminine kind of presentation because I think that there are definitely men who care deeply about the narrative too. And Sure. Yeah. You're right. Um, if they're more feminine oriented, you think? Yes. And also which, which role do they have within this particular relationship? Because there are certain uh. men who present as more, maybe more of their feminine qualities show with a, a more masculine female partner versus a, a very feminine female partner. They may yes. step more into the masculine. It, it's not really person specific. It's not, it's certainly not gender specific. Um, but I think we're pointing to trends that you, you can often map to that way. Yes. Um, so I feel like I haven't answered this person's question. At yeah. All. Can, can I, Please it's do. okay. But, but we're, we're talking about like the general mm, problems of society that lead to things like this. Yeah. I think it's important um, that we're saying what we're saying. We're yeah. definitely doing the Lord's work right now. <laughs> Your passive donation plate. <laughs> Free advice. <laughs> the most self-righteous podcast yeah. on the internet. Um, so I'm Jesus. This is my co-host, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, Aiki, um, it, I think that, you know, you, you have this kind of initial rant that's that's pointing out. It's a bit rhetorical because you're basically saying, like, why would anyone do this? And then you're saying you know, 
is it this? Is it the cling? Is it that they're clinging on to something? And then you say that your friend is clinging on to this. Yeah, you know that yeah. your your interpretation of the events is yeah. your friend is clinging to something. Why would right. someone settle for something less than what they what they believe they want? Because right. So your friend probably on a deeper level, which that may or may not be able to acknowledge consciously, um, is accepting something less than what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because on some level they don't believe their worth or, or aren't capable of receiving at this point in their life, um, what they're really worth. Because a lot of times we, if we walk around with this kind of unconscious self hatred or self criticism, or just, we, we value ourselves low and we don't love ourselves on a deep level. And even the concept of self-love is like, we can't praise ourselves. All these sort of self-love repellent qualities. A tough relationship with contentment, perhaps. Sure. Um, We're going to be attracted to someone who validates those beliefs that we already hold. We're not going, even if we say different, we're not going to be attracted to someone who thinks we're worthy. It's just going to feel right with them. They're going to see the world generally like we do. And we're going to feel like ourselves around them because they're going to see us like we see us. And that's like, oh, okay, that's comfortable. And you'll get to Mm -hmm. feel safe in that space because it's familiar. And it's, it's important to point out that familiar isn't always safety. Obviously familiar can be, I'm, I'm familiar with trauma. I'm familiar yeah. with heartbreak and pain. If somebody and feeling slaps like you awake every morning, and emotional abuse, if you get slapped awake <laughs> yeah. every morning. It's going to be weird. The first day that you're wake up next to somebody and they don't slap you awake and you're gonna be like, this is wrong. I'm leaving. <laughs> right. So I, I think that the, the most important thing as a friend trying to support someone for whom these issues may be at play I think it's really important to start from a place of compassion and empathy yes. rather than, well, why are you doing this? Why? Yes. Are because if you're, if you're coming at her with those kind of spears of, I can't believe you're doing this, da, 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 you're, you're, you're doubling that wound. Um, they're already coming from a wounded place because yes. they're choosing to be with someone who has wounded them and will likely wound them again. Yes. So, I mean, the question becomes without taking too much emotional responsibility for this friend, how do you take care of them in a way that they really need to to the point where they feel, wow, I really feel love from this friend. Mm-hmm. I don't need this boyfriend that is, you know, not treating me right. That's a tall order. Which is not your responsibility to provide. You don't need to give that amount of love. The only person that can give that to them is themselves. And they will find that if they keep clinging to boyfriends and partners, all of them will be unsatisfying until that person accesses the infinite well of love and kindness that they have available for themselves in themselves. Right. So how do you think this friend can, can best understand this dilemma, have empathy for it and support her friend. Validation. I think start with the assumption that everything that your friend is doing makes sense given the experiences that they've had, that they've had in their life. The types of love that they've experienced, how they were raised. Yes. Um, And try and dig in, try and take their perspective Mm -hmm. and ask Mm -hmm. about those situations in the past. What was that like before? What do you, what have you come to expect and what feels like, what's your history? Essentially try and put yourself in those shoes that your friend is wearing. This is um, one of the six components of empathy as outlined by Carla McLaren in her book, the art of empathy is perspective taking. Another is concern for others. I think um, 
the ultimate skill is perceptive engagement is what we're trying to teach you to do right now, which is engage in a way that feels right for your friend. So sometimes that means giving them space. And if she feels shame around you because of the way that you've acted about this before, maybe it's just um, not asking questions about it because even the fact of you asking makes her feel judged by you, perhaps mm -hmm. based on yeah. previous interactions. And maybe there's an apology there of, hey, I've done some more thinking about it and actually given your history, I understand why you got back together with him. I still think that it's ultimately something that damages you, but I can understand and like it makes sense to me and I just want you to know that I care about you and I want you to have happier relationships, but given what you've been through, it makes sense that you have the relationship that you do and that you're choosing what you're choosing. Yeah. I think the other really important thing to say is that clearly you have some anger or frustration yeah. with uh, dealing with this friend and the behaviors that she continues to choose because they're obviously harmful to her. Um, and that is also totally justified and makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so- there may be a point where you have to, within the friendship, um, you know, kind of relinquish that sense of any kind of responsibility for the choices yeah. that she's making, number one. They don't reflect on who you are. They don't reflect on, you know, the kind of relationship that you guys have. Um, but maybe there's a point where when you're tired of hearing about all of the manipulation tactics and, and she's not seeing it, where you maybe draw limitations to, you know, look, I really want to support you, but it's really hard for me to see you continue to um, kind of complain about these same things. And I feel frustrated because I so want to help you. Um, but, you know, you, you, you can't make her not keep trying to climb up that hill. Um, and, and I think there is a point where I don't I'm not trying to say that you're at this point. But I do think there's a point where you need to kind of protect yourself against um, continually being the kind of like lift her up, be the punching bag, lift her up, be the punching bag and say, you know, I, I don't want to enable this kind of behavior. It's it's really uncomfortable for me to see someone I care about so much um, allow themselves to kind of be in front of this fire all the time. And that's not an easy conversation to have, but I think it's important because we don't, we don't know you. We don't know the situation you're in. I don't want to say, keep trying to love her, keep trying to love yeah. her. If it's really taking a big toll on you. The final meta wisdom I want to, I yeah. want to give you, you're welcome to say more is uh, if you find yourself really hating the situation or really obsessed with it, really focusing yeah. on it intently to, and it, in what seems like out of proportion to how big of a role it actually plays in your life. Mm -hmm. It may be that um, when you point a finger three are pointed back at you and when you hate something, it is uh, a sign that that is a part of what they call your shadow. The um, yeah. parts of you that you haven't integrated yet, the things that you reject in yourself. And so maybe it's possible that this behavior represents something that you do um, or a pattern that you do in yourself that you reject in yourself. And you're attracted to this person because you relate, but they have an ex a more extreme version of it. Maybe if, if you're um, too forgiving, um, but this person is really way too forgiving, then mm -hmm. you attack them for how could you have no boundaries? How could you not stick up for yourself? Because you're not being forgiving to yourself for the ways that you don't stick up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely do that kind of self 
interrogation at the very least to just kind of transition your focus off of this external situation yeah. and and refocus on okay well how can i take care of myself and yes. how can i um maybe create a a more tolerable kind of environment mm-hmm. for me to be in this friend with so yeah what are the ways that i'm unfaithful to my truth um or maybe there's maybe there's um you know a clo- close other close relationships you've had or familial situations that this reminds you of if there was um cheating you know adultery in in your family um that there was in mine or any um, kind of disappointment yeah. sorry i didn't mean to step on that no no it's okay i just, the it's it's really interesting the way that we um our relationship to different things changes based on who in our personal lives, um, you know, we, we've seen be in those situations and how do we take those things on to what extent, um, over identifying with one of our parents and, and which role did they play? Hmm. So, um, this may not be about you. However, I think it's healthier to take the perspective of, okay, well, what can I work on giving that this is kind of striking a nerve in me? Um, that would be more productive than kind of continuing to be frustrated with trying to change someone else. Yes. Well said. Thank you. And I appreciate you stepping back and being like, wait, I want to give more space to what you are saying. I, I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I, I feel like I uh, modeled perceptive engagement well there after a, a minor <laughs> yes. error. That's right, Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's been hanging out the last three days. Which I had a lot of time to think about what I was going to say when I came down. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to say about that or should we go to our last question? Oh, let's go to the last question. Okay. This one comes to us from Venoir, V-E-N-W-A-R. How do you make people actually care for you and miss you in your absence? Mm. Mm. By giving them something that they need that they don't have and aren't getting from someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask why you want to do that. Yeah. What are th- you missing? I think it, um I've heard a definition of home that is home is any place where they miss you and you're not there. Mm. I think it is something that represents belonging or being needed and that is I'm coming to terms with the idea that that's actually a healthy human instinct. Mhm. Uh, for interdependence of yeah needing other people and being needed yourself. And if you don't have that, if you don't feel, I think it's self-verification theory, if you don't feel like mm-hmm. you um, are good at something, if you're like better than other people at something and you get a chance to do that thing and you are recognized for your um, accomplishments in that thing, then you aren't like, you don't feel verified. You don't feel um, validated by others. And it right. leads to depression or isolation, right. or a whole mix of mental health issues. Yeah. You don't feel like you have a unique place. Yes. It's important for individuating and your Mm self-esteem. Yeah. So if you're not getting those things, I guess, um, the question is then about self-esteem to me or a a need for belonging. Yeah. And the way that you do that is by 
trying a bunch of things and <laughs> seeing what feels right to you and also taking into account other people's impressions because some you're going to have blind spots and it's important to pick the right people to value their opinions. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people have parents who have a very slanted way of, oh, that's not an important thing. That Put that paintbrush down. Paintbrushes aren't for winners. You need to play the stock market like me or whatever. You know, that's a traditional yeah. one. But like if it's an artistic, if it's a somewhat outside of the mainstream or outside of the hard skills, whatever people think of as survival essentials or just the most prestigious in your culture, it may be tough to find people who first recognize your aptitude in that area, if that's one of the things. Yeah. And I do believe it's one of the things. Some people say like everybody has one calling and that's like the thing that you could find yourself through. I disagree. I think everyone has many options and people yeah. have a different number. And different skills you can develop, yes. different interests. Yes. Yeah. Th there's not like this binary of, okay, there's the the drawing visual arts and then there's the mathematics engineering and you can pick between the two like there's a whole an infinite number of you can make your own industry your own yeah. skill that is just you being you and doing what you do um i think great artists do that they so you're pointing out, out task so you're pointing out like avenues for gaining self-esteem and, and placement within yes. society um the, your your task is to do something that only you can do mm. When that can be a limited, maybe if it's a group of three people mm. and you're the tallest, you're the one who can reach the <laughs> light bulb to change it. Yeah. Um, or if you're in a city of a million people, it's a more specific thing. It's maybe I'm the person who's best suited to uh, put that mural on the bridge that will remind people that life is precious. Or I'm the best suited to pick up the trash on my particular street or to provide comfort to the old folks who play chess in the park and uh, are cold and like need yeah. tea, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Those are just some examples that are particularly wholesome, but it could be a more abstract and uh, complex like thing that's not so easy to wrap your head around. But I think here's the problem of living in a capitalist society with specialization is that people are supposed to, if it's working well, you're supposed to have a meaningless job. <laughs> like if we really break things down into their component skills and specialize people enough, you will be doing something that doesn't make sense to other people who aren't trained in that field and that you don't immediately see the effects of. You're it's like- really isolating. Yeah. Some people, yeah. like if most people are, I think, working jobs, if we're, if the economy is as efficient as possible, they're working jobs that will pay off 30 years- down the road, they'll, some visible impact will happen somewhere else in the world to people that they've never met. And that's like, you know, trying to solve environmental issues. It's not like you stop a dark cloud and like suck it out of the air with a vacuum and now the sky is sunny again. These are long-term changes. So it's hard to motivate people to mm -hmm. like study environmental science, science and um, solve these fuel problems and these emissions problems. Like, yeah, you can convince a lot of people to pick up trash on the beach, but it's a different thing to figure out, like, how do you solve the problems that are imperceptible and down the road? Um, sorry, this is a, a bit of a diversion, but <laughs> I'm just trying to validate if you yeah. feel like you're not missed right now, um, maybe it's because you're doing things that are difficult for people to wrap their head around and you do have a value and it's the work is going to be in figuring out how to connect that value to your present moment and like explain it to yourself so that you feel valued and then maybe put it into words that other people can understand too. Yeah. I want to take a different angle. Um, cause I think you did a really great job kind of covering the like 
what do I do? And, you know, how does that give me value? But I, I want to kind of take a more relational approach. Um, so I think the first thing that, that strikes me to say when I just read this question, how do you make people da, 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 anything? You can't. Is like really the, uh, the yes. answer that I want to say. No, you can't make you can't make someone have an emotional experience towards you. No, I'll, I'll give another answer. Violence. <laughs> Seriously, that's how you make people do things: is violence. Um, is com- that's not yeah. going to make anyone actually care for them or miss him. They're going to make that's going to make them want to go away. <laughs> yes. Um, Unless... But yes, it would make someone feel something, and and I honestly think that that's what a lot of violence is is born out of people who act out of violence towards people that are their loved ones is like, Hey, feel me. Yeah. Like have a reaction, have a response. Comply to, to my will. That's <laughs> right. What, it's some special that's cocktail. The of those. Of, <laughs> <laughs> do what I want you to do. And yeah. I'm going to use force to make you do it. Um, right. Because the point is there, there, there really isn't a way to, to force an emotion on someone. Um, and I, I think yes. that, there are definitely things that you can do to to make yourself more missable, more uh, sort of appealing, but you can't make the other person be appealed or do the missing. Um, mm-hmm. So that being said, what feels like to, the gap to me is this person wants to feel felt by the people around them. And I think like what you were saying is on a on a sort of professional level or like a job level of here's what I do as being the thing that someone would feel from me. Um, I, I want to address the, the relational piece of like, how do you do a better job of touching people and having value within your relationships, your personal relationships, maybe in your family or with your friends. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, we can kind of give tips for. And I think that that's kind of what the first thing Rob said was is is provide something that people are really missing. Notice notice things about the people that you're close to, and um, do, I have one more thing on yeah, that topic. Yeah. I would like to butt in with. Yeah, a great shortcut for this is first know yourself and your own needs. Figure out what you needed when you yeah. were younger, mm. and be that person. Give that thing to other people who need that currently. Yeah. Find the younger version of yourself five years in the past, ten years in the past, whatever that yeah. is. If you're a twelfth grader, go back to eighth grade and think like, man, I wish somebody had just told me I was okay and that yeah. I didn't have to get on the sports team or whatever. And go yeah. talk to that eighth grader and do that. If you're older, same deal. Yeah. Just apply it to your life. Yeah. Be what you needed. Yeah. In the past. Um, and sort of in the spirit of that the next thing I was going to say is like how not just trying to foster that kind of reaction of, of fondness and love and caring in others, but how can you provide that for yourself? Yeah. And I know that when, when we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling isolated and uncared for, it's not the most appealing thing in the world to go, okay, well how can I provide this for myself? Because obviously we want that, that human contact to validate us. Um, however, there are really great things that can come out of touching ourselves. And I don't necessarily mean masturbating, but that it's not off the table. Um, but giving ourselves physical touch, giving ourselves gestures of care, like cooking ourselves a meal, giving ourselves a hug, taking a bath, um, snuggling under a blanket with ourselves, um, kissing, kissing, ourselves good night you know there are, there are so many things that we can do to demonstrate that care that we have for ourselves and 
like Rob was saying, use what the things that you wish someone were there to do for you to demonstrate their care, to demonstrate that they miss you as a way of um, developing kind of a portfolio of things that you can then show to other people that you have you're thinking about these you're you're able to provide these things because that's I think a really attractive trait is when you know that someone else is not just capable of doing them for themselves but doing them for for you for that outside person um and I think that will also make you more cared for and and more missable (laughs) so to speak by other people but you can't force them to have an emotional response to you um, man, I have so much, I, the, okay, here's some advice. Yeah. If you find yourself putting things off for when you have a partner, mm. you know, I'll go to this movie, I'll go to this museum, I'll go to once that park. I, yeah. Once I find the person to go with, go now. Don't, yeah. don't save it. Take yourself and all of the things that you wished you could have said to somebody while you were there, write it down. Yeah. And go reread it to yourself. And it might be weird at first, but you can <laughs> yes. learn to enjoy these things. And as a bonus, I don't want you to be attached to this, yeah. but there might be other people there who are doing the same thing and are taking yeah. care of themselves. And maybe they're even a little bit further along and they've been to three museum galleries uh, by themselves without a partner. And now they're starting to get the hang of it. And they're like, oh, this is your first time coming alone. Cool. I was there a couple months ago. Yeah. You want to go to one with me? next time. And maybe you do. I I, like, if you wait for other people to go out and be amongst other people, you'll never go be amongst other people. You got to start by being your own friend. And if you have things you want to say, and there's no one there to listen, you can write them down and you can share them with somebody later, or you can read them to yourself later. This is the way that happy relationships form. I believe is if everybody is complete with themselves as complete as they can be, um, the more you, form a life where you don't need another person or other people to be happy, then it's, you're going to be that much happier when they come around because you are less dependent and you're less of a strain on them. There is a real issue of sometimes I don't want to be friends with somebody because I recognize they need a lot from me. They need a lot more from me than I need from them. And I just don't have the energy and space to take that on right now. So if you can give that to yourself or find it in the people that are already close with you and then like take care of yourself as much as possible. The sad irony is like, I don't know if you're talking about dating, but it seems to me like maybe you are looking for intimate connection in a romantic Mm -hmm. sense. Um, The irony is as soon as you don't need another person, that's the time when it's good to be with them. Yeah. If you really feel like you need them, then might not be so easy when you get them because you're not taking, you're counting on them and then they're going to feel the burden of that. And the more you can take care of yourself, the better your relationships will be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, the other thing I would say too, is like often like attracts like, so whatever energy you're putting out there is often what you get back. And so that's why, you know, when you're having that sense of like, Ooh, I'm in a really needy space right now. And I really need someone who can give me a lot. You might attract someone who, is in that same boat versus if you start to think about, okay, well, what kind of relationship do I want to foster with myself? Then you might attract someone who, um, is also going to be able to, to offer a more complete relationship with themselves and with you. Yes. Yeah. 
and you don't have to wait until you're perfect to date people either. Yeah. But there is a problem of if you're in a very needy state and you start to do some amount of growth and then that other person has yes. not overcome their needs in that direction or in that way, yeah. you can feel beholden to them because of the commitments of the relationship or whatever kind of contracts you made and not continue your growth because um, you, the two of you enable each other to stay at a certain set point. Yeah. And you don't properly feel the pain of whatever way you're mistreating yourself or not self-actualizing. And then it may be time to re- let that relationship go or change it. Um, yeah. I have one last thing to say. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I think I, this just occurred to me. And I, I, I want to say, Venoir, that you have in asking this question and being so vulnerable and honest about where you're at, you have made us care about you yeah, and want to know about your situation and think about you and, and consider like, I hope that this person is able to use our advice and, and take better care of themselves so that they can then feel that care. And I, and I really genuinely hope that you feel our care for you in giving this advice and I think the nugget to kind of pull out of that is you did that by reaching out and being yourself and being vulnerable. Yeah, And that's the path. That's the pathway. Yeah. Everybody's struggling with something and everybody feels like they're the only one about something Mm -hmm. that they're the weirdo. And every time that you come out and say it, people are like, Oh man, I thought I was the only one. And then when you're gone, they're going to miss that. Yeah. And you, you happen to be struggling with something that I think is is quite universal. And Especially that's why we have so today. much to say about it. Yes. Because there is such a, a void of connectedness. Um, we live in a world that disconnects us from each other to yeah. sell those connections back to us. There's all these gates to get us back into just connectedness with one another. The way that we yeah. evolved to be in a tribe of people who know each other very well and value each other. That has been distributed over this network of automation and convenience. And now we don't really have to interact with each other. I could probably spend a week not talking to anybody and get away with it because I have, uh, you know, text devices and and all this shit Mm -hmm. that like that just wouldn't have cut it evolutionarily. So my brain's not wired that way. I need to be missed just like you. Yeah. We need to be held. We need to be loved. We need to be thought of. Yes. To feel valuable to other people. It can be a problem when it's one other person that you're counting on to validate everything about you or you count on the wrong people to mm-hmm. validate things that you don't actually agree with their points of view and then they're trying to shape you into their worldview or it's an unhealthy worldview. It's self-serving for them. Yeah, that, that really can be, back to the other question. Which one? About um, the, the staying with someone who's cheating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We th- There are all sorts of things that we try to do to cope with that that feeling of not belonging, not feeling connected, not feeling loved. Um, and sometimes it can lead us down paths, paths where there are hard lessons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we, we all make it through somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think we would make it through a lot easier if, if we took more, um, put more of our energy towards connecting with each other in the vulnerable states that we naturally show up. Yes. And the first way to do that, I think, is to connect with yourself. Self-love is not something where you just lie and hug yourself and say, yeah. oh, I like myself so much right now. Yeah. It's just accepting whatever feelings there are. And that might be feeling lonely or feeling low self-worth or feeling like, man, I don't really matter that much. 
just admitting that is a part of the self-love process of just being with, mm. okay, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling bummed or whatever the word is yeah. for you. Like just acknowledging that and facing it, writing it down, taking a deep breath and not running from it or just trying to move on to the next thing because it's yeah. uncomfortable to experience it. That's the first step. And then you can communicate those things to other people and then you can build your, your family, your tribe, your, your yeah. place where you are needed by knowing what you need. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Good shit. Okay, Morgan. Um, do you have okay, more? Okay, Robert. To, okay, Morgana. <laughs> organic greens and vegetables. What? Uh, what's next on tap for us? Is it the end of the episode? I think so. Okay. It seems like the end. We did a really great job of I, answering that a question. Really, really good job. <laughs> See, this is an important part of self-love. Yeah. Congratulate yourself when yeah. you did a good job. Yeah. And like <laughs> self -validation. Make, make little jokes about it so that people don't actually think that you're that smug and you uh, can, <laughs> you don't have to own the fact that you are content yeah. because you're yeah. you're ashamed of how content you are because contentment's un uncommon in our culture yeah. and looked down upon. So like do all that too. Make sure you have the jokes to back up your <laughs> humble brags. Here's the thing. I hurt sometimes and I'm content sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Are you going to soften you telling me that you're content with some type of a joke? Because no. that's pretty. No, I'm just pretty alarming right to now. hear that you're just you're just happy with yourself when I'm not happy with myself. How yeah. dare you? Yeah, I hope that we can. Can't be you happy make a self deprecating joke together? Can't you join me in my misery instead of threatening it the Here, way you're have doing? A drink. <laughs> have a bite of ice cream. Great, great callback to Thank last you. episode yeah. last week when you guys heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. Even though to us it was two hours ago. <laughs> we can't break the illusion. <laughs> they can't know we're doing two in a week. <laughs> Guys, welcome to season two. It's raw. It's gritty. We show you how exactly we how we make this podcast. <laughs> we show you our buttholes. Every episode. That's a promise. Every episode. We're going to start we live gotta, streaming soon. It's going to be all buttholes. <laughs> all day. We've just been getting our buttholes out for no, for each other only. <laughs> I did kind of show Rob my tit at the beginning of this yeah. episode when I was like just itching it. Guys, it was everything you'd want and more. <laughs> it could not have been more. It was probably about was what you expected you and maybe less. Exactly. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> no lactation though. Nah. Still give her time. Give her time. Uh, yeah. Know. So send your calls for advice to freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Your, or your emails. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't try to pick up the phone and email us. Don't don't type that in on your phone and then hit call because the phone will break. Anyway. So email us at freeadvicepodcast at gmail .com Yeah. With any question, no. Are there questions that are too big? No. Any too small? No. Questions that are too dumb? No. Over our heads? No. Wow. <laughs> under our buttholes. Are there questions under our buttholes? Because there's something down there that I've been wanting to scratch. Is that a question? Yes. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, sweet dreams. Practice lucid dreaming by asking yourself, am I awake or am I dreaming during the day? And then you'll make a habit out of that that you start doing during your dreams. And then you can fly whenever you want when you're sleeping. Yeah, I've done that. It's pretty mu wow. It's pretty awesome. I've never done that. Really? I just heard people talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I was like, I realized I was dreaming. And I was like, Oh shit, I can do whatever I want right now. And then I just basically blinked. So I was in the middle of like a big meadow and then I just started flapping my arms really hard and just fucking flew over Whoa. this town. It was beautiful. It was delightful. I would transform into Beyonce and fuck the president to death. 
Well, you better start practicing asking yourself if you're dreaming then. Hmm? Can I ask myself if I'm Beyonce? <laughs> Am I Beyonce yet? No. Oh, oh can, no. We, can we go to bed? <laughs> I have a plan. <laughs> I could just imagine Rob with like the covers up all the way to his eyes, just like getting excited about the prospect of potentially being Beyonce the next time he's Tonight conscious. Tonight might be the night. Tonight might be Beyonce night. <laughs> all the single ladies very quietly on he's on like repeat. putting a ring on it right before he goes to bed <laughs> all right y'all good night good night